Hello Waterloo Road fans, it's Tom here, your podcast host, just popping in before we get started to tell you all about our Patreon page. Patreon, as I'm sure you know by now, is a subscription service where you can subscribe to get extra content from creators like us. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod. We have all sorts of stuff there, extended versions of our interview specials, reviews of other school-based shows. The latest Britannia High episode has just gone live this week. We also do our Waterloo Road Awards. Part 2 of Series 4 will be up in the next few weeks. And we also take looks back at particular characters, including the likes of Jack Rimmer, Dante Charles and Maxine Barlow. I would like to thank our existing Patreon subscribers for their support. So thank you to Emily Berry, to Matthew Kumar, to Rachel, a dedicated listener to every episode, to Evan Francis, to Waterloo Road 37, to Tom Percival, to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services, to Georgia Leah, aka The Avocado Bath on Instagram and TikTok, and to Claudia Graham. Thank you for your continued support. And if you would like to join them, be a subscriber and get your shout out on the podcast, all you need to do is go to patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod. And now without any further ado, let's get on with this week's podcast. and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am your host and Waterloo Road super fan, Tom Beasley, joined as ever by Luke Stevenson. How are we doing, Luke? We are doing fine, Tom. We are doing fine. As, as we just discussed on the recently recorded Patreon special we just did, um, there is nothing on earth that can make the information shared in this show stick in my brain. <laughs> so the fact that it's been like, what, a week or nine days... All of this came as a shock to me. Um, we just make it exciting. Jack, wait, wait. When did Jack Rimmer leave? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like what people used to say to me when I was like um, at school and saying like Lost was the best show ever, and everyone's like, "How are they not off the island yet? It's been five years." And it's like, ugh, insufferable. But when you're in good, happy form. I mean, did I was. Um, you know, the show's taken it to a next level. BBC iPlayer has revamped itself. Have you noticed? I, I hadn't noticed. Um, this was it's on it's done it on both the the TV app. How do you watch it? Um, I, it's the, the whatever the Virgin box sends me to. Oh, okay. So on on my TV BBC iPlayer app and on my iPad, it, it, it's all revamped. It's a little bit slicker now. Right. And they have these new images. That kind of like a, a oh, company. Yes. yes, I do know what you mean. Yeah, yes. and the, the image that accompanies this episode is Michaela being straddled by a boy in a beanie that's yes. far too large. <laughs> it's, and it's somewhat misleading because you might be driven to think that spends more time in the episode than, than it does. Than just a flash of a moment. <laughs> yes, that frame is in fact the only yeah, shot. Yeah. Of that. And it's like in the fifty-eighth minute. <laughs> yes. It's really bizarre. <laughs> Um, and I was like, oh, this episode will be about Maxine's sex life. Not Maxine's. Um, Michaela's sex life. I ah, see. So we've just done our Series 4 awards and you've got Maxine on the brain. Yeah. Um, so we begin with uh, Kim's in Max's car and he's sort of uh, dropping her off like near where she needs to go. Serial killer. Serial killer style. Because it's just like, okay, we've just had a night of lovemaking and now I'm going to drop you off in the forest <laughs> or in, in, in the, the countryside. Yeah. It's, it's a weird setup because it's like a sort of field. It's like it's right next to like what's clearly a housing estate. Yeah, it's odd because like, I just think, you know, um, the north in my head 
is the industrial north of the 1960s. <laughs> so I don't imagine them having green fields or blue skies. It's all just smog yeah, and coal la- mines. Yeah, everything's a lowery painting. Yeah. Um, that was very highbrow for us. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you, Tom, I just nodded along to the lowery painting thing. <laughs> you know lowery, the stick man. You said I know Lowry. You would have seen Lowry paintings. Okay, I'll take you over. <laughs> we're, we're getting. I was all just building up to take a swipe at leftist uh, Twitter people about how this is the world they would like to live in. Um, but yeah, I was odd. That, I was really weirded out that Roger had a field and a field that was so close to a school. But it can't be that. Can't be that weird. So yeah, we're then introduced to Cassie, who is our kid of the week. Um, she has brought uh, friendship bracelets that she's made for Sam and Lauren. Um, it's strange. They're sort of kind of implying that the girl gang thing might be starting up again. I, I was confused as to how the girl gangs had begun. <laughs> well, they be- they began with Lindsay and began. Michaela running at each other. But that was... There was that was Braveheart in- style. But that was mixed gender. <laughs> but the then one. if you remember, it became Lindsay and her little group, like, Mm-hmm. Followed Michaela home or something, and like tried to jump her. Yeah, and Chris, Chris and Rachel had to turn up. It's, it just like in this episode, they seem to like there seems to be like an epidemic of girl gangs <laughs> that I wasn't familiar with. It's like, but I suppose because in our minds, the way they talk about it is if there are just like pockets of gangs all around the school, <laughs> and it's a bit like you know Grand Theft Auto San Andreas when the map is coloured in different, <laughs> it's got different colours to which gang owns that territory. That was that was more that's a cultural reference that's the right level. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but for you and me, not for the younger people, they're no. like, San Andreas, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> that game that came out ten years before the GTA five thing I'm currently playing. Um, I don't know, is there a modern... I don't play games. Is there a modern analogue for something like that? Um, not that not that I can... I don't play them enough to know whether there's a kind of like a territory uh, thing. We've lost touch. We've lost we, touch. We have, we have lost touch. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was actually just the, the two groups of speaking child girls had had conflict and now apparently there's an epidemic of girl gangs gang violence yeah um we get tom being very grumpy which we'll get for the whole episode he's in a bad mood he's really unnecessarily grumpy to rose rose is trying to be supportive like oh you could sue i'm surprised she didn't say press charges against georgia (laughs) um because she stole his sperm we're not talking about the logistics apparently (laughs) (laughs) i i really want i really i need i physically need to know how that happened Because like later in the episode, they tell Josh, and he doesn't question the logistics either. She stole my sperm. They say that phrase, it's and just, it's just allowed to sit there, if you will. I think, <laughs> from what I've been able to reverse engineer, <laughs> it's Tom toasted dodgy condoms, and she said something. She said with, turkey basters. The turkey basters. But like, because in my mind, the way that she could have stolen his sperm is that she deliberately, like... Um, tampered with the protection. Yes. To to con- conceive of a scenario, but no, just to conceive. <laughs> just to conceive. Um, but that doesn't square with the turkey based thing. Yeah, that's like that suggests that, that suggests there was, as you said in that episode, harvesting of yes, the sperm. Harvesting of the sperm, which again you, you'd feel like Tom would notice, <laughs> or like Tom would be telling stories. Like, oh yeah, I had this wild weekend with this academic who kept making me do it into a cup. <laughs> It's like, so you'd suggest that she, like, I don't know, took the condom or whatever. But by the time it's been in a condom, it's useless to anyone. <laughs> As if it was ever value to anybody before. 
<laughs> Look, Tom's semen is very valuable. <laughs> to Tom. <laughs> um, yeah. Even to think about it. No idea. So... Uh, we get Amy throwing a drink over Helen as as she's uh, walking into the school. We get a very, very tense senior leadership meeting. I don't know what these senior leadership meetings are for, because they have them in every episode, and what happens is one person will say one thing, and they'll go, anything else? And then that'll be it. <laughs> anything else, boys? Anything? It's, it's not... I, I don't make... It's just to reveal some tension happening between them all that day. But we know the we know the subject of the tension. Yeah, it's the same every episode. I'm I quite, you know. So Amy pushes a drink over Helen. Yes. Um, it's like a horrible drink as well. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's like yellow. <laughs> it's probably fizzy Lucasade, yeah. which is disgusting. I thought it might be like a milkshake or something, like a banana milkshake. A it's not. No banana milkshake's that colour. It's, it's all a very soft yellow. Cheap banana milkshake might be. That yeah, but that's more orangey. <laughs> uh, that's like a battered <laughs> banana milkshake. The um, they haven't moved to Scotland yet. <laughs> but like Tom, who is her head of department. Sees Amy do this. Every, he sees her doing it in the light of day. Yeah. And he doesn't threaten her with anything that he can deliver on. He no. just threatens her with a dry, ble- dry cleaning bill. Yes. It's like, you'll have to pay for this. And it's like, no, no, no. Give her detention. Like she was going to dry clean that shirt anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, ha- you have some things within your power. Yeah. Billing children is a one of them. <laughs> Giving them detention for throwing things at a teacher is. Yeah. Very weird. Um... So then, yeah, there's, there's some other scenes in this episode of Helen, like, struggling to teach and losing control of classes. Um, uh, Cassie has become the target of some of the John Foster's girls who uh, call her a freak. Um, and then Carla finds her crying. Um, uh, the girl tells Carla to, to leave her alone. And then uh, summons Tom, who brings in Kim to have a word with Cassie. But before before this is going on, we get a conversation in the staff room where Kim foolishly tells Steph all about her relationship with Max. Yes. Why would you... You know, it's like it's like women who marry Boris Johnson. Yeah. So like, why do you think it'll be different for you? <laughs> and as Steph says in the next episode, it's well documented that she has a big mouth. <laughs> She's like, it was... <laughs> it was utterly the wrong position yeah. to take, Kim. It's like when one of the students used to tell Janice something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it, you do it as if she is Twitter, yes, really, don't exactly. you? Exactly. <laughs> I'm posting my, um, my relationship status on the Steph work. Um... <laughs> But what would you do in the situation if you're um, Rachel or you're Chris yeah. and Kim's and Max is still married? What do you do? Because all of the drama that happens in the next couple of episodes is based on not doing the very decent thing and telling someone which you should do. You should do that. I mean, it's such a heightened soap scenario that you can't possibly do because it doesn't happen in real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As, yeah, I, I just I just feel like if you know. Heaven forbid you married your fiance and then split up, or like, and you weren't split up, and then you yeah. carried on with someone else. I'd be like, I need to inform people of this. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like, like I know you're not so I, you're you know you're not a person to me as important as my boss. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't possibly <laughs> tell people about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a, a, but what the show has done quite successfully on that front is it means that whenever Kim says anything intimate about Max, so like in this. 
she said saying to Steph how, oh, he just does something to me. It makes me feel these and these when I'm around him. Because of what we know about Max, it does make me go... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like... Which is what they're going for, so that's good. It's like, yeah, do you remember that really romantic time that he had sex with you and dumped you in a field? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, Kim goes to speak to Cassie. Cassie won't tell Kim what's going on. Um, she then admits that she's been bullied... Um, she says, oh, they'll kill me if they know I've said who it is. And then Kim says, they're not allowed to kill you. It's against school rules. It feels like that's a joke, but she doesn't deliver it as one. Yeah. And then what Cassie says is, they'll get off. They're <laughs> clever. <laughs> like, it's they'll the... avoid being sent to the cooler it's for like murder. <laughs> Kim Kim doesn't say it with a smirk. No. She just says it like, said fastly, like, it's against school rules. Mm. But so is bullying. And you're like, so is throwing liquid at teachers. But you yeah. let that happen this morning. Yeah. So she then admits that she's been bullied by girls in her year, uh, Amy and Siobhan from, from John Foster's. So Amy then is challenged on it, confesses that she accused Cassie of being gay and having an interest in her. This doesn't come back. No. Where it's from in the first one isn't... Yeah, it's... There's no suggestion that she is gay or that she isn't or that there was any reason for this. It's no. very, very strange. What I find really fascinating is earlier on in the episode, Max told Kim she was really good at her job. Yeah. And then Kim goes, you're being bullied. I know what I'll do. I'll put you in a room with your bullies yeah. and allow them to just deny it straight to your face. Yeah. It was, it was really baffling. But then Kim uh, punishes them for it. Um, and then she and Rachel have a conversation about having called them in for, like, a no-blame meeting. Which they say as if it's a thing. We all know what that is. Oh, yeah. No-blame meeting. Classic. Classic no-blame like, meeting. We can work out what it means. <laughs> but I feel like they should have, like, explained it in some way. It doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense. And but um, Rachel, Rachel says it, it obviously wasn't a no-blame thing because you have blamed them. You've punished them for it. Yeah. Um, I have some questions. When Carla finds Cassie crying, yes, it's Carla's gone up to her locker. Yes, that locker is not locked. <laughs> it's just it's just hanging by a door. And also, all of these, all of the kids have their lockers like decorated. I feel like that's a very American thing. It, it is because I don't feel like I ever spent enough time in my locker at school to decorate no. it in any way. No, some of the lockers were decorated by other people with drawings of penises. It but was no. only penises. <laughs> it's. Um, but no, none had been deliberately decorated by the people who owned them. It's very American, especially the like having pictures of your friends in there. Yeah, that's very like high school movie. It is. See, you don't even you don't even have the the capacity to reference High School Musical. No, it's disgraceful. But I'm referencing an entire genre rather than one. Just particular. say 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 the greatest entry into that genre. <laughs> I don't know if they do it in Greece. <laughs> I do, like, throughout this episode, I kept writing down the note, I want Amy destroyed. Not just, like, I want her, like, Death Star destroyed. Because she is just an abominable little creature, isn't she? Yeah, she really is. Um, so Kim then goes and challenges Helen because Cassie is in her form group. And she's like, oh, look, you can see that her grades have gone down. She's dropped out of all of her extracurricular things. There was obviously something wrong and you should have seen it. Yeah. Is that true? I, do I think, think, I that's, think that's reasonable. I think as as a form tutor, that is your job. To have a more pastoral role with these children. Yeah, apparently she'd been away for a couple of weeks. Well, when she returns, like, where have you been? Yeah. As like, because we're supposed to have seen this girl before, but we haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, she's intimately close friends with Sam and yeah, yeah. Lauren, so much so that she gives them all the time. So she gives them friendship bracelets. Yeah. I was going to make a joke about friendship bracelets, but I'm not the kind of person who can get away with making a joke about people who wear wristbands. No, no, you're not. <laughs> no. Yeah, it would be very hypocritical. Um, so, uh, Lindsay and Emily's lawyer has come in. Uh, she's telling Lindsay that Lindsay will have to not only make the allegations of abuse against her father in court, but they'll have to try and prove them in some way. Yeah, um, the, the lawyer with no chill is back. Just yeah. no... <laughs> no bedside manner at all. No, it's just... Look, you know what? Your mum's probably going to go to prison forever. Yeah, she keeps saying that. And, <laughs> and you admitting to sexual abuse in front of a dozen strangers will mean nothing, yeah. but you have to do it. Every time I have a meeting with this lawyer, she will say... Yeah, but your mum's definitely going to prison, yeah. and then Lindsay will storm out. That's that's how it works. Um, she storms out this time to Underdog by Kasabian, which is a great song. Um, I don't think we've had any Kasabian. No, yes. I have a fun story about Kasabian. Do you? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> let's see. Um, my uh, my Ed- uncle. Sorry, ed- editing Tom is just making a note. <laughs> My <laughs> uncle once went to buy a Kasabian album yeah. um, for his son and he um, had only read the name down yeah. so he walked into the shop and he said, can you show me where the new album by Kazabayan is? <laughs> That's quite good. And since then I've only ever called them Kazabayan. Kazabayan. That sounds better. Uh, it is, it's much spicier, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it should definitely be Kazabayan. So Helen then goes and approaches Max to complain about Kim's treatment of her uh, Max just dismisses her out of hand which Max does a lot to people especially Helen mm-hmm. um, I feel like a lot of this episode as well it's a couple of moments that we've like missed it's, like, it's just it's just teachers barging in on each other's conversations to yes. call one another dreadful yeah, it's like it happens that. like two teachers are talking like Helen and someone is talking and then Tom will just appear and she go ha ha you're crap yeah, and I've, they just walk off I've sort of tried to I think ignore Tom in this episode because he's just so unnecessarily angry at everything hey has anyone remembered that time that someone harvested my sperm <laughs> yeah. like no because you've not told anyone yeah, so like, you're just being an idiot to people for it, no it, reason it just feels like if your sperm is being harvested without your knowledge the blame is almost as much on you as it is on the person <laughs> doing the harvesting I don't think that's fair <laughs> you're not a bull <laughs> But again, it depends on the methodology, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, again, if it, if it's like a peep show one where it's just like, oh, this this went wrong, yeah. I'm going to create the circumstances. Yeah, because yeah. as much as it's just like, this, like Tom keeps saying, you weren't an accident, mm. it feels like weird that like Josh would find being an accident comforting. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you weren't an accident, your mum harvested my sperm. But by all the methods that are explained to us, <laughs> it's like, it's va- it's really difficult to get pregnant. <laughs> yeah. It, it's almost just as much of an accident that whatever she tried worked. Yeah, it really is. Um so we get a strange scene now, and I'm I'm not sure what happens in this scene. So Sam throws a netball at Amy, and somehow that leads to Cassie having a fight with Michaela. <laughs> I, I I in my head I gave the reason this happened as Michaela is a scrote. Um yes. but later on it's not we find out it's not in my head that matters, is it? Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's all very random. Yeah. Um, this is just happening for for drama's sake. Yeah, um, and what it does is it means that Sam and Lauren sort of start to have problems with Cassie and start to kind of ostracise her from their little group. Yes, they take they they take off their friendship bracelets in anger. They do, they do. 
Um, so uh, Steph has got Helen a new top from her car. It's it's a very Steph top. <laughs> it's I you know the fact that this Helen can wear it and it has such a snug fit. Very snug. Make, fit. Makes me think that. You know, the producers weren't thinking when they said this is Steph's top because they have remarkably different body shapes. And the idea that it would have quite the effect on Helen that it does yeah. is a little bit, I, I don't it's, believe. It, what's interesting, though, is that you don't realise how inappropriately Steph dresses until it's put on someone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose we, we're used to it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. we've been lulled into a real false sense of security with the way <laughs> Steph dresses. Um so uh, Michaela is now uh, been questioned by Kim. She's kicking off, claiming that she doesn't even know Cassie, which is fair. As far as we know, she doesn't. Yes. And then there's a weird chat between Michaela and Cassie in the bathroom um, where we get the first sort of inklings of what's going on with Cassie because she sort of says, one of them told me to, to fight you or whatever. Um, and she and- goes, who are they? I can help you. What, what does Michaela have access to? <laughs> <laughs> like, we know Janice can call in favours of violent retribution. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> who are they? Who's controlling you? I can help you. Yeah. Suddenly it just comes into Mission Impossible. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, so now that Helen's in, in her new clothes, she's getting lewd remarks in her class, uh, including from Josh, who makes a comment about her hooters. It, I, is, is that a word we use? I don't know. It's not a word that makes sense. <laughs> What what would you what would you define a hooter as? <laughs> well, I mean, it, uh, the connection with with breasts is established because there's a whole restaurant chain called Hooters. Yes, which is just about <laughs> yes, large but boobs. Again, that's quite American. It's very American, but I suppose it, you know, American culture is our culture, really, isn't I suppose it? So. so, but he happens to be making this remark as Tom is walking past, um, who sends him to the and then, uh, yeah, and then Josh kind of gets a free pass from the show here because yeah. he manages to claim that him being told off was because Tom didn't want a son <laughs> rather than the fact that he was just a sexist ass. Yes, exactly, yeah. And he calls Tom a prat. Uh, um, uh, Kim then knocks food over Helen's new top mm-hmm. um, because Kim hates Helen, question mark? Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I don't... Yeah. I think, I think there's a vibe among the teachers at the school that Helen isn't particularly good at her yes. job. Which is and, not and, unfair. Yeah, and they're... And they're sick of having to deal with all of these little moments yeah, from yeah. her, um, which wouldn't happen to any of the other teachers. Um, um, but Steph then decides to tell Helen about Kim and Max. Because that'll help. And, and there's, there's no established friendship between them. If the, it, the, earlier the hand, on, The handover of the top was like the first time they'd spoken. Yeah, earlier <laughs> on in the episode, they told, they, someone tells Steph to make an effort with her. Yeah. So what she does is she makes her look you know, more revealing and yeah. then give her some gossip she shouldn't know. Yeah. Which escalates. Yes. Um, so Kim then uh, approaches Roz and gives her like a secret mission to look after Cassie, which is strange. It's, it, this is another good example of Child of the Week being called on at every single opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> There's like another one in the class where it's like, Cassie, am I boring you? It's like anyone else. None of the other kids are paying attention because yeah, yeah. it's Cassie and it's like suddenly it's all yeah. gone, it's all kicking off. Um, so Kim by this point has managed to convict half the school of bullying Cassie. Um, and she's got them all in the cooler... At lunchtime, doing like a role play about bullying. It's so bad. And again, <laughs> remember, this episode starts with Max saying, Kim, you're really good at your job. And then the rest of the episode is Kim just proving that she isn't. Yeah, which I guess is, the, I suppose, the point. Uh, yeah. But like, they just have this chat, and then in it, it's just like, how's it make you feel? I was going, You've moved. How'd yeah. you feel if you moved? I've also moved. <laughs> and then Kim's like, Right, great work today. <laughs> 
Peace in our time. Teacher, Peace in teacher our... of the year, Kim Campbell. Peace in our time. Do you know what? We walked in this room as strangers, and now you all know that each other have moved. <laughs> Just... Um, so, yeah, so Helen bumps into them as they're leaving the cooler. Uh, says to Michaela, oh, you've been in here twice today. That's a detention. Is that an established rule? I don't know. There's a week of detentions. Yes, a week of detentions. I don't know. It's just because Michaela's a scrote, um, isn't she? So Michaela then proves that she's a scrote by taking revenge by looking up Helen on a social networking site. Now, I think it's called Fizz File. I, I don't know that. I have four names for it. <laughs> right? It's, it's Kiz Kyle, Diz Dial, Fizz File, or Piz Pile. Because... It's in that, it's a very, like, naughty's font. Yes, because the fonts are so tragic <laughs> that they don't make a single jot of sense. No. And I can't read it. <laughs> no. I think it was Fizz File. Um, which so it's like it's supposed to be like a Facebook slash MySpace clone, yeah. but it lists her full home address, <laughs> which is madness. <laughs> I remember there was a time when Facebook used to like I think it was like it wasn't essential, but when it was harvesting all of our data before yeah. selling it to Cambridge Analytica, yeah. it used to ask for our phone numbers. Yeah, I think I remember for a time I had my mobile number on Facebook. I think my mobile number is on Facebook now. Right, well, that's a red flag to the people listening <laughs> to start calling Tom. Um, I don't think it's publicly available. I think you have to be my friend okay. or, or a Facebook employee yeah. <laughs> or, or a data company yeah. that Facebook is using. Yeah, or a member, member of the Russian intelligence service. <laughs> yes, exactly. They could find my phone number. Yes, but absolutely. I'm, I'm alarmingly easy to find on the internet. Because I've owned websites and stuff, so oh. all of my information is everywhere. Yeah. Like, don't steal my identity. Why would you want to steal my identity? Exactly. Really? You'd end up on this podcast. You'd, you'd have to host the Waterloo Road. <laughs> yeah, no one wants that. You wouldn't have to start hosting till halfway through Series 5, though, so you've got at least two or three months before you have to start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so the, it lists her full home address, which I just cannot... It, it's ridiculous. I know it's the era before internet privacy, but even then, it's just good sense. Yeah. Um... So Cassie's mum has come in to talk to Kim. She says Cassie's been acting strange and distant, but the bullying kind of explains it all and she's happy with that. We then see Cassie sort of talking to herself in a classroom. Roz comes in and tries to talk to her about it. And she then says to Roz, I'm not being bullied. I made all that up. But she doesn't say what is happening and Roz doesn't really ask. No. But I suppose it's not Roz's job to find that out. And she does do the correct thing. She goes... Hey, I heard you're being bullied, and then she goes, "I'm not being bullied," and you go, "Right, <laughs> cool. I'll go inform the teacher of this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is odd. But I think Roz does a, a fair enough job as she can do in the circumstances. Yeah. Um, so by this point, Steph has told literally every staff member about Kim and Max. Yeah. It took Kim less than half a school year to fall in love with a man who isn't fit to lick the boots of Andrew Trenumet. <laughs> yeah, he's just. He's Andrew without any of the charm. Yeah, and with any of like the the willingness to be persuaded. He's yeah. like, you know, it's yeah, it's and Andrew's your Nick Clegg in a coalition. He he is your Ian Duncan Smith. I mean, I'm here to slash benefits, and I'm going to do it with a smirk. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a man has ever been more Nick Clegg than Andrew Treneman is, including Nick Clegg. Yeah, in fact. Uh, <laughs> but but very very much 2010 Nick Clegg. Yeah. I agree with Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I don't think Andrew would have taken to working at Facebook. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, Nick Clegg, he's got my phone number now. 
Um, so, uh, Rose is trying to convince Tom to come clean to Josh about what he knows. Um, it's another scene where Tom is really sullen and grumpy and Rose is delightful to him. Ro- why <laughs> is this show so much about Tom at the expense of yeah. Rose? This is just this is Rose's world and we're all just living exactly. in it. So uh, there's a little scene between Emily and Lindsay where Emily says that she's prepared because there's a whole thing about whether Lindsay will testify or not. Um, and Emily says that she will happily stand up and lie to the court that she saw her dad abusing uh, Lindsay. Um, and that kind of inspires Lindsay to know that she has to stand up and, and, and do it. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a scene between uh, Rachel and Kim where they're discussing the bullying situation. And Rachel says that Amy is an accomplished liar, but Michaela always owns up to what she's done. I don't think that's true. Well, it isn't true. As she... Jasmine will tell you. <laughs> didn't she entrap a teacher? Yes. She was prepared to enlist a friend to punch her in the face <laughs> to get a teacher sacked. These people are crazy. She is, as we speak, hatching a secret plan to ruin the life of a teacher. So yeah, that was very strange. So um, Kim accuses Rachel of not trusting her judgment because of the Max situation. Um, she then uh, says, oh, I love Max. It's very serious. I lied when I said it wasn't serious. It is. Rachel then reveals that Max is still married to the lady from the LEA and that they are very much still together. Yeah. And Rachel, as we know, has a keen nose for bigamy. ding a ding a ding a ding I'm going to have to play in the bigamy theme. Yeah. Because we've yeah. just talked about that on the Patreon special. Yeah, where, <laughs> yeah. where there is bigamy, the theme will follow. The theme will follow. Um, so at this point, Roz comes in and tells Kim that Cassie has admitted to making it all up. Um, we then see Cassie is in the food tech classroom. Ruby's got a video on. And uh, Cassie is obviously hearing voices and sort of yelling back at them uh, over the video. Um, so she's sent out of the classroom. Uh, she again bumps into Carla um, and she kind of says to Carla that, oh, we have to run away. And they run ominously into a no entry area. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Do you know what I feel like? Uh, a no entry area in a school should have a lock on it. Bear in mind. <laughs> I, yeah, you all know where this is going. <laughs> Bear in mind, one of the fire exits was closed from the inside during a fire. It feels insane to me that there's no entry thing that leads to the boiler room. It's just like, yeah, any kid can walk in here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Cassie says that she originally thought what she was hearing was Amy and, and Siobhan, but it's not. Um, she says she and Car- Carla have got to hide. So they hide in this weird kind of boiler room area. Um, Carla says that when she's stressed or confused, she recites her times tables. So for like five seconds, they start reciting times tables. And then that's, it feels like it's a powerful moment. And then it's immediately undermined yeah, by everything that follows. Immediately. So Cassie then like, begins to freak out at Carla, says that she's one of them. Um, and then we leave the boiler room briefly uh, to watch Helen write whore on Kim's office door. Um, and then brilliantly try to wipe it off, yeah. but she can't. I, I, I very much relate to that. Like, like that idea she's of... such a crap teacher that she doesn't know the difference between a whiteboard pen and a permanent <laughs> marker. Yeah. Like yeah. I very much relate to that. They're like, oh, I'm going to act out in anger. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I've acted out in anger. What do I do? <laughs> um, 
at this point, uh, Carla shows up very dramatically, sort of covered in blood, um, and says, uh, it's, it's not mine, it's Cassie's, and she's in the boiler room. Uh, so Kim and Tom find it. It's not really clear what's happened. You assume she sort of cut herself on something in the boiler room? Yeah, I don't... I'm not sure. No, it's not really made clear. Um, so Kim and Tom kind of coax her out of this boiler room. I want I want people to watch this scene back. Right? <laughs> and I want you to focus explicitly on Tom Clark. Yes. Because never so much has a teacher just been gone, how has it come to this? <laughs> And, and, he, and he does nothing. I, it feels like he's an actor. <laughs> and he, like, it just feels like it's the actor just sat in a straight face going, how did we get to this? How did, how did this happen? And it's just... It's just it's really, me and Angela Griffin squatting in a boiler room. <laughs> just doing really... And, like, I'm not sure I'm okay with this the depiction of schizophrenia in this show. So Kim is then... Uh, she's angry at herself for missing that it was something to do with mental health. Um, Rachel, being ever the the good boss, uh, kind of reassures her. Oh no, you you know you still did a lot right, and and you can make misjudgments like this. Um, it seems to be really a weird like competitiveness in this episode between, like, well, Kim is competing with Rachel's ability yeah. to help children at, like at risk, rather than either of them really want to. Help. Well, Kim just doesn't seem to. She wants to get involved in the Cassie situation to prove that she's better at Rachel than rather than actually help the Cassie situation. Yeah, and this is one of those kind of awkward kid of the week storylines where it's shoehorned into an episode where there's already quite a lot of narrative happening. Yeah. So it doesn't ever get to be the focus. Like, you think of the the Jack O'Connell episode, which we kind of hold up as like a gold standard of kid of the the week week. episodes. And it's really... It's the focus of the episode. Almost everything is focused around that character... Uh, and that storyline, and anything that isn't kind of sort of dovetails into it. Like there's the whole thing that Lorna's just, I think at that point, struggling with the beginnings of her MS diagnosis. Yeah. And it's her that is able to sort of do the research on the medical sites to work out what's going on. And so, so many of the storylines dovetail back into that. Whereas in this, they don't really. Even the Kim story sort of only has like a passing reference to it. And it feels like it detracts from the storyline. Yeah, because it becomes a story not about this young girl dealing with a mental health problem, but yeah, Kim going, "Am I a bad teacher or not?" Yeah, the, the kid of the weeks really aren't even not really qualifies kid of the weeks anymore. It's just yeah. kid who gets in the way of the teacher drama that is driving the, re- the rest of the episode. Yeah, because it happens more than once. Like the, the scene where Roz comes in and says she was faking the bullying. The only real purpose of that is to mean that Rachel and Kim don't have to continue having that conversation about Max. Yeah, so that that can be postponed. Uh, until Kim's had this big come to Jesus moment with the 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 kid of the week, um, so uh, in terms of as much kind of in- information as we get on it, we see a brief scene at the hospital where the mum says nurses have said that she's experiencing auditory hallucinations, uh, and the mum's worried about schizophrenia. And I think we're just left to assume that that's what's happening. Yes. Um, but yes, as you say, one of the big ones in terms of mental health. And I was saying to you just before we started recording, I think the show just about gets away with it, but perhaps because of how little it... it's it is it is very much a story about schizophrenia which plays on all of audience expectations yes. about schizophrenia. Yes, I don't. I you know I'm not even going to stop for a second to think I have enough knowledge to know yeah. whether this is 
good or bad, you'd have to look at how you know the relevant groups at the time responded or said sins. I, I my guess would be based on how this show handles all issues, it probably did it quite badly. <laughs> but it's one of those things that you don't see it a lot of. It, it it's very much again like how autism as a superpower is the main trope. Schizophrenia is that all they're hearing voices and it's creating all of this drama. Um, but you know, the only people less qualified than me to talk about this are the writers of this show, and they've had their time. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dignify it with mine. I think the thing is as well, there's a real opportunity, as you say, it's not like talked about a lot, and the issue of mental health in children is not really talked about, and certainly wasn't in 2010 or whatever this was. So the opportunity was there to make a real point and to really say something, but because it's wrapped up in Kim's storyline. Yeah, it it never gets to be about Cassie, because it, it has to be about Kim. Mm-hmm. Like even as Cassie has been sort of coaxed out of the boiler room and she's been taken away to get medical attention, we don't focus on her. We focus on Kim and Rachel reassuring her mm-hmm. that she's yeah, not a bad and, teacher. And Kim's just like, we need to see more about mental health. But like to be honest, yeah, but like that's the thing. The, the whole mental health discussion becomes about how do we identify more kids with schizophrenia rather than can we tackle all the other more like traditional not you know because schizophrenia isn't as common as no. say all of the other mental health crises that children it's go certainly through. not as common as fiction would make you think it is. yeah yes exactly <laughs> so uh lindsay goes and tells rachel that she will testify at the trial um uh kim is then talking to max she's still angry because she missed this mental health crisis that was going on she then challenges him about his wife and he says well technically speaking it's a, we're separated at this point and then she answers the, asks the very valid question, well, where are you living? Are you still living together? Mm. Um, to which Matt's kind of flannels and can't really answer. Because um, yeah, the impression we got when she turned up is that they were still very much married yes. in a relationship. So it feels like he's yeah. floundering Because she was talking to Chris about inviting him and his wife round or whatever to... Yeah, yeah. I think Chris is married. No, but it was... You, it was you you and someone will have to come round. Yeah, so you'll, you'll have to come over for dinner or something like yeah, that. Yeah. There was some reference to coming over for dinner anyway. So the suggestion was that he might have not thought they were married, Max, really. He might have not have thought they were going anywhere. But she was still very much of the thought yeah. that they were a, a couple that was planning things. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to kind of backpedal and talk his way out, but Kim ends it with him. We then introduce another storyline with like 10 minutes of the episode to go. Uh, at Helen's house with the this party thing, and all over the school website, does no one check? <laughs> the school, a, a teacher has basically been doxxed by her own students on the school website, and not only are these children who don't have smartphones checking the school website regularly. Look, it's a matter for this file. <laughs> Kids, Kyle. <laughs> but yeah, so the school website, which. A gaping security flaw was exposed only an episode or so ago when a, a video of te- a teacher's ass was posted on the main page. And now they're planning a party. Um, so Helen's at home with her girlfriend, question mark? No, I think it's just like her, her roommate, her flatmate. I mean, she calls her no, babes. So, so I, um, <laughs> I... That's how ladies talk to one another. Is it? <laughs> that's like, like, I call you mate. And different to babes and sugar <laughs> and golden oh, yes. balls. Yeah, when you call me honey, honey, love monster, um, <laughs> you mean <laughs> it can be a term of endearment. We both watch Love Island. <laughs> Do they call each other babes on that? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Tom. Um, the thing I was gonna say is because I paused it 
because the the design of the the Fizz file page was so bad. <laughs> I paused it and took a photo, and on it. That character is there saying, "Hi, I'm coming to Rochdale soon. I'm moving." Oh, he's like, "There you go." Yeah, it was a, a fizz file organized meeting. Exactly, um, which explains the question I had for the next episode when she just wakes up in bed with Max. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spoilers. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the first shot of the next episode. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll be okay. Um, so Helen's at home with with this friend who's come over. Um, when the doorbell goes and it's all of the kids with speaking parts, yes, have <laughs> all come to this party. Um, the uh, the friend wants to call the police, but Helen says, "Oh, we can't call the police because I'll I'll lose my job because there's lots of kids drinking alcohol at my house." I'm not entirely certain that's accurate. If if the if the story is, these kids found my address, posted it on this website, and they've all come up here to start drinking. It's it, you know, I she, mean, she can't say like. It's not true that she invited them. No. If we return, though, to our regular segment, which is Tom makes excuses for Waterloo Road, um, <laughs> possibly the school might have an issue with her being so bad at security on social media. Yeah, yeah but that's that is much more of a later thing. Like, school's got guidelines on social media a lot later. But I think if, if you were a teacher and something like this had happened, and if they take her story at face value, which there's no reason why they wouldn't... Hmm. Um, the questions would then be asked about, you know, her level of online safety. And certainly now it's very, uh, very much a major issue. Yeah, I, ne- I never got to go to any parties at my teacher's house after 2008. <laughs> it was a big cut-off point, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom turns up at Josh's house um, and reveals to him that his mother stole his sperm. The fact that he manages to make it through this with a straight face... <laughs> It's probably the best acting the show's ever had. <laughs> she stole my sperm. Um, and then Josh says that he's glad he knows the truth because now he doesn't have to bother getting to know Tom and then he calls his mum evil. <laughs> you evil sperm. Yeah, she stuff. says, Tom, you're sad. Mum, you're just evil. <laughs> what? So we don't know the methodology by which she harvested the sperm yeah, yet. We, we don't, don't know how evil it is. We need to know exactly how evil she is. Um, so Tom, at this point, he's getting phone calls while all this is going on, and then he answers it, and it's Helen, and we see him turning up at the house to chaos and vomiting kids everywhere. It's still, like, daytime. <laughs> it is, like, at the latest, like, half six. <laughs> it's all daylight. Because, again, remember, like, because obviously they film this in the summer, but this is supposed to be the winter term. Yeah. By daylight, it's, like, half four, really. Yeah, so we see the kids all arrive. We see Helen make the phone call. So that's all within, like, a five-minute period that we see in real time. How long between her phoning Tom and Tom arriving is there? I know. But then again, like, if you're 14 years old, like, I remember my first drink. <laughs> Straight through me. <laughs> it was only last week, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember what my first drink was. I don't know what my first drink was. It was probably Strongbow. I bet it was Strongbow. Yeah, fighting drink. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. I, I used to drink a lot of Strongbow as a teenager. Yeah. And now, just the thought of it. Ugh, I, I, I can't stand the idea of any alcohol. I remember the alcohol I used to drink when I was 18. Again, this is just, you know, my, my middle classness rearing its ugly little head. <laughs> Um, Do you only drink Cointreau? No, I drank, I drank Di Serrano and Coke. Okay, somehow more middle class. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it tasted like Dr Pepper. 
I, so I, I've never liked the taste of alcohol. There's no alcohol that I enjoy. Well, that's because alcohol doesn't taste very nice. Yeah, but because <laughs> I hate myself and have no self-confidence, when everyone started going out, I was really like, I have to be drunk to enjoy yeah. this. So I needed to find a drink that I liked, and Disarino and Coke tasted... Uh, I mean, it's, it's a lie we all tell ourselves as adults that alcohol tastes nice, because it doesn't. It doesn't. But... <laughs> that's not why you're consuming that's, it. That's why when I need to, like, abuse myself to, to heal my emotions, I use food. Yeah. Instead of alcohol, because at least food tastes nice when I do yeah. it. <laughs> so yeah, t- Tom clears clears everyone out of Helen's house. Uh, we then go to Rachel's house, where we get some very horror movie shots of her walking around the house while we watch through a window. Yeah, Max in the window looks like Chris. The reflection of him in the mini- really? window looks a lot like Chris. Yeah, it's just oh, I found that odd. Um, so yeah, it's Max lurk- I- lurking outside the window. She opens the door to him. He kind of forces his way in and shoves her against the wall a bit, uh, threatens her, and then leaves. Yeah, I totally respect Rachel being in her pajamas in broad daylight. Yeah, 100%. she she got home. She's like right straight in my PJs. Yeah, she she is living for lockdown. Yeah, um, and then when she goes, but that makes it a bit comical when she goes. It's a bit late for you to come here threatening me. It's like it's, it's daytime, Rachel. <laughs> the deal or no deal is probably still on. Yeah, I just love though that as soon as Eddie like left, she was like, I can live my life. <laughs> pajamas. <Yeah. laughs> Pajamas, a bit of paperwork. Yeah. I'll settle oh. in. Oh. I'll settle in with the soaps later. Yeah, the soaps. She can watch Love Island in peace. Yeah. Don't even know Love Island then. <laughs> they might have had the like previous incarnation. They might have had like Celebrity Love Island, which was the early incarnation of Love Island. Nah. <laughs> Rachel wouldn't watch that. No, possibly not. No, she's probably watching like BBC Four. Yeah, and the, but like because it's early in the day, we BBC Four hasn't started yet. No, yeah. that's true. She just she's just watching the screen, waiting for it to start. <laughs> waiting for BBC Four. <laughs> Transmission will start in thirty-two minutes. <laughs> that's it. She sat there with a Disarano and Coke, <laughs> waiting for BBC Four. What a life! Yeah, what a life. Texting um, her friends about last week's episode of The Archers. <laughs> Um, that's what she does, isn't it? It's radio four until the telly starts, <laughs> then it's radio off. BBC four. BBC four. Documentary about plants. Yeah. She was mortified when Only Connect moved from BBC four to BBC two. It got it got commercialised then. Yeah, it? it did. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the same show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's where we leave this week's episode. Um, the next time episode, there's a, there's a lot going on. Helen is being inspected. Um, there's some talk about her possibly losing her job. Um, Kim telling the staff that her and Max have broken up. Um, and then Chris and Rachel kind of standing up to Max a bit. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I thought this was an okay episode. Yeah, I mean, of all of the big issues it tackles, it didn't utterly horrify me. Yeah. But I think like right now I'm checked at it. And then when I kind of realised what he was doing, I was like, right, I don't want to be involved in this. So let's just put this to one side and I'll have some great pyjama banter about yeah. Rachel at the end. Um, but it's fine. Yeah, as kid of the week goes, it's probably like the first proper kid of the week of this series because yeah. a lot of them have been like recurring characters who get a little bit of a moment in the sun. Yeah, because we did it with um, Rebecca Ryan's character Vicky with when she was dancing at the club. Yes, and she was sort of a kid of the week. We had seen her, I think, once before. Yeah, yeah, but... as part of like the girl gang. But yeah, she's um, vanished. Oh. And then they basically used Ruby as a kid of the week. The other week with the the thing about her losing all her money and her home and stuff. Yeah, I do think we need to talk about the fact that even though this obviously is painted as Cassie having schizophrenia, this is the third 
episodes so far this series where a girl has made false allegations against people. Yeah. And they don't have storylines where men do it. No. They only have the girls doing it. Um, in this one, obviously, it's a, it's a symptom of her mental health that that happens. But for a large part of the episode, it's you're paying to go, this girl's going around making stuff up about yeah, people. Yeah, there is quite an old-fashioned thing of, like, girls be lying, boys be fighting. Yeah. About the way that the quote bad kids at this school act. But yeah, but a lot of the a lot of the kids' storylines have all been about girls. I couldn't really like they haven't introduced any well, I suppose there's Josh, but he's an extension of Tom, but there's no yeah. real new um boy characters. There was um Luke, Siobhan's Squeeze. Squeeze. Who there was the stuff about him being in care. Yeah. But he sort of got to be a kid of the week because he got the stuff with Joyriding in Max's car and Oh yeah. But she was sort of equal parts kid of the week in that one because that was kind of how we got introduced to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they've kind of so actually they're in more than we thought. I think yeah. considering we're only at what episode seven of the series. Yeah. But we do have. I just want to add one thing to the Hall of Fame: a teenage boy version of "I'm Not a Gentleman" is when they're watching the video in that classroom where Cassie starts hearing voices, and then Josh takes the remote and starts changing the channels because he's a bad lad, <laughs> um, and then. Um, Roz goes you're not normally like this and he goes you don't know what I'm like (laughs) I remember when I was at school some of the people had got like universal remotes that worked on all TVs Mm -hmm. and they would have a great time changing the TV that the teacher had on that's just like I know I'm a square but people who misbehaved at school, like, honestly, it was only your time you were wasting. Yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> it was just, I found myself getting really annoyed. Yeah, I, I, I was definitely that person who would get annoyed at, yeah, what people were doing. Because I was just trying to learn. But no, it's, not, it's not even that I was trying to learn. It was, I, it was for me. I was, I was never really trying to learn because I, at age 11, I got told I was gifted and talented and I carried that chip on my shoulder. We all up, did. Up until the point that I failed and... Um, <laughs> Um, but I ended was... up on a Waterloo Road podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Neither gifted nor talented yeah. for either of us, I think. But um, it was just like, yo, the longer you mess around, the longer this lesson lasts. Yeah. So I just want to be out of here. So, like, <laughs> if we can just do this efficiently, then everyone gets home soon, sooner. Yeah, and... so, you know, I, I really genuinely wanted to learn. And you, sl- you ended up where I was. So, <laughs> Joe, who the real loser of this is? The gifted and talented identification system. <laughs> Um, so yeah, on that sobering note, yeah, I think yeah. that's where we'll leave this episode. Play out song. Um, I think Casabayan is all we've got. Yeah, Casabayan. Um, there was a version of the Larue going in for the kill. Yes, returned, we've had it. Yeah, but we've, we've had, had it. it. <laughs> so, I, but I just don't want to go ahead saying that Casabayan song is the best song of the episode because it isn't. It's Larue going in for the kill, but we've already used it. Yeah. And if we use songs, if we attempt to use songs twice, Tom puts in Imagine. Uh, <laughs> 